0: We expect a handout, but here's the deal. It's not going to work out. If you're expecting a response from a templated message or emailing them without doing prior research, let me tell you right now, you don't even
1: deserve to be working with them. How contradicting is it is if you have these calls, then they go to your brand and it's the exact opposite of what they're looking for. Do you see the disconnect there? Yo,
0: welcome to the make Combo Podcast where me and Ed are going to unpack some juicy stuff.
1: Super excited about the topic today, Ed. Let them know. Yep, so today we're talking about why brands aren't taking you seriously. We've all been there, getting ghosted, getting left on red, people just not taking you seriously out here. So if you're a freelance creative, photographer, videographer, honestly anything in the creative industry, this episode is going to be packed with value for you. So let's roll that intro music.
0: That did music gets me every time, but here's the deal. I can remember when I first started freelancing, I took the leap. I went from side hustle to full time. This was uh, a season where I was trying to figure out how I could, again, impress the decision makers at brands. And I think it's something that a lot of freelancers go through, um, regardless of what season they're going through. Like again, and I know you're working with those big brands, those big brand deals, and I think we're going to really get into some awesome things that we've learned in our own businesses as we've, as we've been able to grow our brands, that brand equity, and uh, start getting brands to take us more serious.
1: Yes, definitely. And we're going to go into a few of the reasons why brands might not be taking you seriously. And then we're also going to share some of the benefits of, you know, optimizing on the reasons we're going to share with you. So let's just get, you know, you guys know about this podcast, we we don't fluff here. We're not going to give you five minutes of ads right here to get us into the value. We're going to go straight into these nuggets, all right? Mm. These gems. So going into the first reason of why brands are not taking you seriously, bruh, you ain't taking yourself seriously. Hey. Come on. <laughs> hey. Come on. All right? Oh, Let, I know it's kind of, kind of a blanket statement, but Paul, why don't you hit on that a little
0: bit? I will go off on this statement because I think a lot of us are so focused on trying to roll into the DMs, hit a brand up in the emails, and we expect a handout. But here's the deal. If you think there's competition in your area and you're maybe discouraged because you've been ghosted one too many times, take a look at your own brand. I think brand decision makers right now are looking for content partners that look different, that are strategic, that have updated websites, that are posting consistently on social media, uh, that are thinking outside the box. So here's the deal. Look at yourself and what you're doing first before you make that blanket statement and say, you know what, no brand wants to work with me. Uh, There's too much competition in my area. Because I think it's something that a lot of us freelancers fall into is um, trying to figure out how we can impress, stand out, and also um, at the same time add the most value to these clients.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it's, it's one of those things where if you... Don't take the intentional time to reflect on how you are being perceived by the outside world. There is no hack. There is no pitch. There is no strategy that can help you because you literally need to take yourself more seriously if you want other people to take you more seriously. It's kind of one plus one equals two. You know, imagine if you're talking to decision makers, why should they give you their hard-earned money? And their hard-earned time, if you don't really even care about your own time, your own business, your own brand image, it's not going to work out.
0: That's so good. I think uh, one thing I want to call out is, listen, we're creatives, which means our portfolio, our experience is reflected on our website, Mm -hmm. our Instagram. Your website has been under construction for quite some time or you haven't spent a lot of time on developing your portfolio or your social media, that right there is hindering your growth. I don't take you serious as a freelancer, as a peer, as someone who's also uh, creating content for brands. If I look at your website and the formatting's off, or everything is all over the place, if there's wedding photo content, wedding galleries next to fitness content, doesn't make sense. So again, much like how we... As consumers go out and shop for, you know, clothing, uh, for food, we're making those purchasing decisions Mm -hmm. because of the equity or because of the way that we see that brand. And I think you got to put yourself in the shoes of the actual brand sometimes before you uh, shoot them a message because, and I think me and you can agree, there has been times where we reached out to brands in the past. I'm talking years ago, maybe, where we never got a response and it's because we weren't set up in a way to present ourselves in a manner that would really reflect what we could do. And we're no longer working with that brand or we never really got a message back because
1: we weren't taking ourselves serious. Yep, exactly, exactly. So that's the f- the first one. I think Paul dropped a lot of good stuff. He hit on it. And you guys get the point. The first one is just take yourself more seriously. And this is not just in your business. This just means like your overall lifestyle. It could mean like, your health, your mental health, your physical health. Like people, if you take yourself more seriously in your life, people will take you seriously. That's just how it goes. Mm. That's good. So the second thing moving on of why brands aren't taking you seriously is you don't take their brand serious. Just as much as you you deserve respect, you have to respect the brands that you're trying to land. And let me just explain that a little bit more. So for example, I get a ton of emails on some of these sponsorship stuff. And one guy, I'm not gonna name names, I'm not gonna put them on blast I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but they sent a Loom video, which, okay, cool. They, they screenshot my YouTube channel, and they were like, hey, it has like a AI thing where it was like, hey there, uh, basically I researched your channel, I think we could bring value. And then I dug a little deeper, and it's literally him took a two second video of my, of my channel, and then the script is the same. Which means he's flipping this to like a ton of other people, right? He, mm-hmm. he's he's trying to add that personal touch with the hack of like putting the loom video because it's a screen recording with him talking. But it's all it takes is two seconds to research that he didn't actually take the time to even look at what I do, what my services are, what my things are. And this doubt that, that is an example of why I say that is that's an example of someone who doesn't take me serious, doesn't take the brand serious, right? It's no different than you reaching out to these brands with a shotgun template email that the brand decision-maker could see that you could have just sent this to 50 other brands. That is you not taking them seriously. That's super good. You need to respect their time. You need to be personable. You need to be human about it. Because if you're not, they're not gonna take you seriously. Like Paul, what about you? Like I know you kind of, you have, you're huge on adding that personal touch To some of your pitches and you know building those like really close relationship with these brands how have you managed to do that and do you have any stories of potentially when you didn't used to do that and why it didn't work oh heck yeah i think a lot
0: of uh first thing that comes to mind around uh the whole concept of you not taking their brand serious i actually just wrote a blog post on this but you if you're a user of their product or if you've invested in their service before, that's going to help you stand out, because you can actually speak to features of their product, or maybe mm-hmm. um, you know what you liked and disliked about it. But also, if you're expecting a response from a templated message, or going into a discovery call or emailing them without doing prior research, let me tell you right now you don't even deserve to be working with them, because we need to start making sure, too, that there's value that we can add and that comes with research. And then also, do your values align with them? Like, unless you take the time to really invest into, okay, who are they? Where are their uh, pain points? What are areas that I can help improve? You're gonna have a really hard time navigating that value conversation on discovery call. That Zoom call is about to be a flop. So um, first and foremost, I think if I look back at when I first started, I didn't spend that much time on researching the brand beforehand which really put me at a disadvantage when we had conversations. Now, I spend more time researching than I probably do actually shooting their product if I end up working with them. So I just want to call that out because the work before the work really does make a difference. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I don't want people to think that, you know, these messages just flow in or you can just shoot a brand a message and all of a sudden get a contract signed. Heck no, it's the marathon, not the sprint. And if you're gonna sign up for a marathon with a brand, you got to take their brand serious. That's so good. But I'm about to get into the next one here. Um, another reason why brands might aren't, aren't taking you serious is because you don't respect their time and objectives. Again, yep. we might be super creative, but we might suck at the admin task. Which, yeah. And I want to hear from you. Like, what are some ways that you make sure that you're respecting the time and objectives of your clients? Because I think if we can give some practical ways to you know help us achieve that then that might help uh improve that for us
1: so straight into some really practical tips y'all for the respecting their time and their objectives one in the early stages of a negotiation or like an inquiry i try to avoid very long emails okay like i'm talking like the paragraphs if they say hey you know um tell me a little bit about your creative process tell me like they're prompting you a question that maybe warrants like a long response do not respond with a massive essay in an email because someone has to read that. And if they're not even on board and committed to working with you yet, they're already going to be turned off by the fact that they're spending so much time with having to vet you if if it's a good fit or not. Um, you know, there's kind of split camp on this. Some people, you know, really believe in long emails. I personally think, with the way marketing is headed and people being. Uh, relationship building being more more important and the professionalism aspect, I think just p- keeping it casual in the early stages is okay if depending on the brand, right? So that's one thing. And the second thing is also try to avoid being like gatekeepy before you hop on the call. That's something yeah. that I, I know it's hard, but sometimes these these people, uh, I reach out to the brand and I, I remember in the early stages, I'd always try to say, let's hop on a call. Let's hop on a call, right? And that's fine. And I know, Paul, you, you preach on hopping on a call. And I do agree that decision decision makers, to close them, you got to be on a call. Yep. But I guess what I'm trying to say is taking up 30 minutes on a call is valuable time for them. Yep. So if you don't really have a plan, you aren't taking yourself seriously, you're just kind of throwing out the idea of hopping on a call. It shows. It shows to the brand that they're just another piece in a huge pie that you're trying to put them in, Right. Um, so good. Anytime brands reach out to me uh, personally or other creators and they're like, hey, like, um, kind of interested in working with you. Can we help on a call? And it's like, dude, I'm not going to help on a call with you for 30 to 45 minutes. And I know absolutely nothing about what you want from me. Like, why would I waste 45 minutes of my day if you don't even have the time for yourself to just give me a two sentence line of what you have for me or what you're trying to accomplish. And so all that to say, it's just really being mindful of who, who are you reaching out to on the other end and respecting that they have a busy schedule and that they have objectives. And if you're not either a saving them time or B helping them with their objective objective, they're probably going to ghost you. So just being mindful of those two things. I like that to cap this one off.
0: I will say, come on, we all want people to respect our time. So it's like, exactly. You got to respect the time of the people that are hiring you for your services. And I think, uh, there's two things that I just want to call out real quick, make sure to ask them from the get-go what their timeline is and expectations for when they want to see the content because Mm, then you can plan accordingly. And then also one discovery call question that not many people ask is, Hey, what are you looking to achieve with this content? Cause then you're essentially trying to figure out, okay, how is this content going to be used to fuel your, your funnel? or your content marketing and uh those are some high level questions that are going to help them take you more serious when it comes to um working with you but um i love talking about this one this next one is why brands aren't taking you serious it's because you don't show up online or take your
1: portfolio serious can we can we can we just focus on real quick i don't want people to feel personally attacked though at this point I wanna talk about this because
0: I fell into this, and also I see this a lot happening on social media. Ask yourself, who are you speaking to with the content that you're publishing? Because I, I think a lot of people are still trying to make sure that they speak to their aunt and uncle or their cousins, but also I think that people feel like, as freelancers, we need to grab a hold of what's trending, which is a lot of educational material in the freelance industry. There's a lot of people right now that are putting out content on how to use shutter speed. What camera lens to use? I love that, but you got to make sure that that's a part of your brand, that you want to be a coach, that you want to be an educator. Hey. That might be confusing to a potential client. Let's say you're a food photographer and you're trying to attract brands in the food industry. I don't know how valuable it's going to be for you to talk about color grading. No offense. So again, take yourself serious. Focus on the type of content that you feel like the decision maker at a brand might want to see. Variety. Variety making sure you're hitting on different content buckets, product-centric, lifestyle content, all those things. So those are some things that I feel like kind of diminishes the value of freelancers is by them trying to speak to everybody. Let me tell you right now, you don't need to speak to every single person on social media or what's trending in order to get client work. That's facts. I think but that's I don't good think, because... I don't think we need to say any more on this one. Sorry, Ed, because if you guys want a good example of what it looks like to show up online and take yourself serious- Here's the deal. Look at my boy, Edward Lee Films on Instagram. <laughs> His website's <laughs> dialed out. Oh my God! There's a reason why you're achieving the numbers that you are. I'm not going to toot your horn or anything, but um, look at other people and what they're doing and man, you got to be consistent. You got to show up. You got to be cohesive. I think a lot of freelancers forget to create a brand guide for their business. That needs to be something that you look at and you keep into account when you're showing
1: up online. That's all I got to say on that one before I go off even more. Yeah, no, that's good. Honestly, I don't want to rip on that one too hard because you you said everything I was thinking as well. Um, I just want to—it's because you're the goat, the premium gas, the aesthetic uh, goat. All right. Thanks, dude. I appreciate that. But I think a lot of times, like you just said, the brand guide, creating a brand guide for yourself is so important because how you portray yourself online, it's like you're having these calls with these brands that you want to land, right? And most likely you are the creative. So they're leaning on you to help them achieve a certain brand aesthetic, a certain brand objective, right? You're trying to preach to them that you're going to be able to help them level up their brand. How contradicting is it is if you have these calls, then they go to your brand and it's the exact opposite of what they're looking for. Do you see the disconnect there? It's like, how can you talk about helping someone with a brand if you can't even build your own brand? Yeah. It does not work that way. Yeah. And I'm not trying to like hurt anyone's feelings. If you're listening to this and you feel personally attacked, that's not our objective. It's more of just trying to give you the nudge that if you've been holding yourself back mentally, like, oh, I just, I don't want to do trendy reels, or I don't want to, you know, I have, I'm so busy. I don't have time to post online because I'm trying to land more client work. It's like, that's, that's good and all. But I'm telling you that it's an essential part of the pie. Like if you, it's an ingredient that you need. And if you don't have it, you will always, 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 always be struggling. And if you don't want to do it, outsource it. All right, let's move on. The next one of why brands aren't taking you seriously is poor communication and your lack of attention to detail. There's actually a lot that we talk about actually on this one. So why don't you uh, start us off, Paul, And like maybe poor communication. Like why is that such a big part of why brands might not take you seriously? And what does poor communication even mean? What does that entail from like a real world example? Yeah, I think, guys, here's the
0: deal. When you go from shooting maybe portraits and weddings to working with brands, brands most likely are scheduling out content. There's deadlines, there's launches, there's a lot of stuff going on. So when you're getting hired on to create content for them, they're looking for someone who's a strong communicator because most likely they've been burned before by a contractor or somebody who lacks communication and getting back to them on time. So one way that you can stand out is by being quick and fast and clear with communication. One of my rules internally is if I wrap a shoot or if I... At any time, feel like a client's thinking, oh, I wonder if Paul's going to message us, I message them instead of being like, oh, I'll just wait for them to message me first. So be the one to lead um, versus being the one that's reactive in the conversation. And then I just want to say like, put up, you know, I think it's healthy to have healthy boundaries in your business. You don't need to message someone back on the weekend over text or email if they're a client. But at the same time, It will make an impact if you get off a discovery call or you wrap a project and you send uh, that recap email. It's going to make such a difference because then they're like, wow, Paul's on it. Man, it's super helpful knowing exactly what we talked about in that discovery call. And uh, he told us when he's going to get the contract over to us. Um, We're excited to get started. Mm -hmm. So communication goes a long way. And then also just treat the relationship with your clients like you would treat a relationship with a good friend. Uh, you want to make sure that Dude, you're nurturing fire. it, tapping into them. And yeah, that's a huge part of my business is I look at my clients as collaborators, not friends, but collaborators. And I want to make sure I treat them in a way that is going to help us further grow our relationship because I'm always thinking long-term.
1: I like how you related it to your friends and like just friendships in general and just your relationships because came to mind, you know, when you when you invite someone over for dinner, right? or you're hosting at your house and you you spent a ton of time to do that, right? You're spending your own resources. When it's over and people are going home, don't you appreciate it as a friend when they shoot you that text and they're like, "Yo, like thank you so much for hosting us. Like we really appreciated that. That was awesome. Like had a great time." Right? <laughs> you just feel good about doing that, right? That's awesome to relate that to client work as Paul was just mentioning, it's like shoot them a message. Like after you wrap a shoot, after you wrap a call, after you, they gave you money or they gave you their time, it takes no effort really just to send a follow-up email or follow-up text like, hey, that shoot went great. Can't wait for the next one. Or thanks for hopping on the call and carving out time from your day. Like those small things really make an impact because nothing's worse because imagine a brand spending thousands and thousands of dollars on you, okay? and yep. you're just out here power tripping, and then after the shoot that went great, you don't you go ghost. You don't mm-hmm. even follow up. You don't even say it went well. And that's just poor communication skills. It's bad relationship building skills and it's poor communication. So be mindful of those types of things, as Paul just said. So funny too, because poor communication, one thing that comes to mind for that is speed of communication. Holy crap. Me and Paul, we talk about this off the mic sometimes, but when people take forever to respond, it's probably one of my biggest pet peeves, bro. Yeah, I don't that's really how care you lose about out on like deals. Yes, I don't care about um too much with like friends and like just it's okay. Like you get busy, but when it comes to business, when it comes to client work, and people who are slow to respond, literal pet peeve for me. And I can rant on that, but I want to go into a side little quick story on the port speed. I just voice messaged to Paul the other day. who so, like literally my garage broke. Okay. Story time. My garage broke. Okay. Your boy's trying to wash the cars. Went out to the garage. Snap. Freaking garage broke. Okay. And now I can't even open it. Uh, Now I'm tripping. I'm trying to fix it myself. I can't get it done. So I call, I go to Yelp. I look up garage door repairman. There's three numbers. Okay. I call all three numbers. Two of them went to voicemail. One picked up. Okay. I get it. I don't really care about the voicemail. I left the voicemail, but they said that, uh, the two called me back said, I'll, I'll call you back once. Um, we have our schedule figured out, okay. So that two did that. One guy said, "Oh, your garage is broken. Like, you probably need to open it, right? Let me call my text right now and see if I can get someone to come out today, okay?" And I was yep. like, "Oh shoot, okay. I wasn't expecting that, but that's great, homie." Shows up in an hour and a half, okay. It's 4:30. It broke. They showed up at like six. Fixed it in 20 minutes. Come I on. I paid the. I paid the dude. And he left and I tipped him because he did such a good job. Then right after he left, the other two companies called me no, nope. trying to line up a time to come give me a freaking estimate. That is what I'm talking about when it comes to speed, when it comes to mm. communication. Like sometimes I'm not saying that you need to like literally be getting yourself stressed out to over deliver on speed, but yep. I'm saying speed Makes can, a huge be a way, can be a way for you to stand out from everyone else. It's just one thing, speed is huge. If you
0: find yourself running into brands that are price shopping, or you feel like there's competition amongst other photographers or videographers in your area, this one right here will help you stand out. I'll tell you right now. People wanna work with people that are strong communicators, facts. Let's end this one with uh, one of my favorite points and how to get brands to take you more serious and how to take yourself more serious. And ultimately it's thinking outside the box. Okay, this requires you being creative, which should come easy because I think it's easier to be creative than business-minded.
1: Ed, what are some ways that you feel like people can think outside the box? So for me, again, from a more practical sense, we are creatives. So in order to stand out as a creative is you have to be more creative. (laughs) I know it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't do this. So let's say someone, a brand reaches out to you for an inquiry. Uh, And you know they're pretty serious and bought in. One thing that Paul and I like to do is essentially put together a personalized proposal, whether that's through Google Slide Deck, whether that's through Canva. I personally use Notion to create Mm. like specific pages for proposals, which is always a hitter because it's so cool to see a page that looks like it was specifically designed for the brand. And so that is, in my opinion like one of the outside of the box thinking type of things. So with that in mind, think about your business and think about where are some areas, what are my strengths where I can show the brand that I am different from other people? So for me, like I I try to lean heavy in the more like design aspects of things, right? I know Paul and me, like one reason why we get, we kind of hit it off and we're close now is because like I really appreciated Paul's eye for design and like the way he views creative assets and things like that. And that's one thing I think we try to lean into when we're trying to close clients or when we're trying to get them to take us more seriously. So, good. so you have to think about what are, what are your strengths? What are your strengths on being, like you know that that's your unfair advantage compared to other creatives. And you got to like double down on that. Like what is it for you? I mean, maybe it's similar. I think it's the same thing. I think both of me and you really value
0: design and presentation. I mean, even down to... We look at like brands' colors and the fonts and like the content that they're saving on their Pinterest boards and the ads that they're running through Meta Mm -hmm. when we're approaching them with any sort of proposal. Those are valuable things. But I think ultimately thinking outside the box to me as a creative is being strategic. Like brands are using content now to run ads, to sell more products, to get more people in the door. So rather than thinking, oh, how can I just like, Send a quick message with a recap email. Again, go the extra mile. If you need to send a personalized video to them, that's huge. I'm always, again, trying to figure out ways to in- like impress my clients from the get-go. Because what it does is it increases trust. And they start to give me more creative freedom. Like people are like, Paul, how the heck do your clients not even show up on set? And I know, Ed, you can say the same. It's, hey, from the get-go. I'm approaching them as if they're a million-dollar client. Yeah. So in order to get there, I need to have multiple different touch points where they're convinced, oh, Paul's the guy for this. So I think all these points that we touched on today, again, are going to really make a difference when any freelancer, even ourselves, are having uh, you know a connect with a brand decision maker. And I think, Ed, what's cool is me and you, we run our businesses very similar but very different. Yeah, I like know. We value yeah, the same things, but the way we make money and the way that we work with our clients tends to look different sometimes. But mm-hmm. what's cool is I think this, all these things are universal. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like universal for anyone who's trying to gain business or grow in relationship with their client.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that's really important that you mentioned that because- we in this podcast and anyone who's listening, if you're a freelance creative, we don't want any of you to fit some sort of mold that we create. Like as Paul mentioned, Paul runs his business. Like we align on a lot of things, but we also operate very differently. And so if you're listening to this, you probably will operate differently from us too. We don't want you to operate your business just like Paul or operate your business just like Ed. Like you are going to have your own style, you're going to have your own unfair advantages that maybe me and Paul don't have. And so it's really important that you take all these tips and apply it to like yourself. Apply it to your brand. Apply it to your business in a way that feels natural to you. And if it doesn't feel natural to you, then you have to switch it up. Because at the end of the day, we're creatives. And I think one thing that gets lost a little bit is you... <laughs> Because it's so, we currently live in a time as a creative where people are hyper-focused on a lot of things that are not part of the creative process. So how many followers you have, how many clients you're landing, how much money is coming in. And that's all good and all. And don't get me wrong, like that is how you're going to make it. But at the end of the day, you are a creative. And in order to be a creative, you need to be creative. So hey, if something doesn't come natural, if something doesn't come natural to you, somebody doesn't come as like an intuition, then it's probably not working for you. Like, imagine if I was like, for some reason, design, which is really hard for me, like it just doesn't come natural, right? I'm not going to stress and take a ton of time on my Instagram and all these things to force myself to look like that or be like someone else because it doesn't mm-hmm. come natural to me. So eventually I'm going to burn out. If you're not truly yourself, you're going to burn out. If you're trying to be like someone else so yeah i just wanted to say that it's really important that all these things are universal as paul mentioned and you need to think about it and kind of take some time to really figure out how it fits into your business
0: what i love about these is they all kind of become tied to customer experience which is valuable yeah but um all these things also they'll put you in a position where you don't have to overly convince the decision Mm. maker on anything and uh i just want to share real quick let's, let's let's rattle off some of the benefits of these things that we touched on today The first one is I think the more brands take you serious, the more money you can make, right? The more value, the more you're willing to spend. Yo, I'm going to go to that nice restaurant tonight and I'm willing to spend more money because of the experience and because of the food and because I know I'm going to be satisfied. What's another one?
1: Another one is that referrals become so much easier. When you have your brand, when you take yourself seriously and brands take you seriously, now you are a professional referral. They will be more than happy to throw your name out there, throw your business out there because the experience was so good and they know you're professional, you're going to have more business. And this is a, let me say, like this is an indication that your business is healthy. Your business is healthy when you're not sending out a hundred emails a day trying to land more work. I've noticed like Paul has experiences. I'm experiencing this. Any successful freelancer, eventually, if you're going to get through that hard season, it's when you no longer have to do as much outreach. And if you're Mm -hmm. at a point where business is just kind of coming in and it's floating you and you're able to sustain growth in your business, it's because the referrals are good. It's because people are taking you seriously and throwing your name out there. And that's, that's a awesome. good indication of like the health of yeah, your yeah. business. So that's that's one huge benefit is referrals. And I think there's a lot of
0: benefits, but kind of the last one that we have here is uh, people are attracted by consistency. And I think what hey, happens hey. is if you take your brand serious, brands will take you more serious. I'll be honest. I love my friends that are... You know they value my relationship with them. They check in, they nurture it. They're strong communicators. They're always looking out for me. Um, They're willing to go the extra mile for me. They support me. And again, I really think at the end of the day, brands are looking for someone to come alongside them that they can trust, that's consistent, that's willing to um, be an extension of their own business. And I hope that this episode was valuable for you guys. Me and Ed, we get super fired up about this guess I can remember back, and I know Ed can, when brands didn't take us serious or decision makers. I
1: really hope this adds value to you. Yep. We're going to put a poll or a question down below. Um, if you're on Spotify or maybe on YouTube, we're going to ask what part of this episode or which part did you resonate the most with in terms of taking your brand seriously or why brands aren't taking you seriously? Because we would love to hear from you, like, which part really resonated with you? Because we want to make MidConvo community. and. Like we're making this episode right now after we just released one on freelancers and we think it did really well and it resonated with many of you. So we wanna this podcast is for y'all. So whatever you guys want us to talk about, we want to talk about those things too. So definitely take some time if you're available to to leave a comment or, you know, interact with the poll if you're on Spotify. And of course, that five-star review.
0: Hey.
1: (laughs) We'll talk soon. See you guys. See you guys later. Peace.